Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Before we get into today's show, we have to take a moment to celebrate and reflect because this week is not like every other week. After months of waiting, R-H-O-N-J is back in our lives. And if you can't get enough R-H-O-N-J, we have something else to celebrate. We have a brand new podcast in the game. That's right, the one, the only, Miss Melissa Gorga. Melissa Gorga has a brand new podcast aptly titled On Display. It's so refreshing to hear her sit down with her celebrity friends and have real in-depth conversations with them. Melissa's had on so many of the guests you guys love listening to here. Brad Goreski, Lala Kent, Snooki. You also get a rare in-depth look behind the scenes at her life as she talks about being the cool mom, entrepreneurship, shout out Envy, treating yourself, fashion, and of course, any and all of the Bravo drama. So grab yourself a glass of wine and a sprinkle cookie and listen to Melissa Gorga's On Display anywhere you listen to your podcast. And now, on with today's show. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet robe. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by, I mean, I don't even know, living legend, the first, I don't even need to say anything else, the first living legend, Icon, Miss Sally Jesse Raphael. Hello. Yay! What a what an intro. Well, you are. I mean, I didn't say anything that wasn't true. Now, did I? Uh well, you said what I wrote for you to say, so it's okay. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> now, first of all, how are you doing? Uh, I guess I'm doing all right. Um. As well as could be expected, I suppose. And you're in New York, right? Oh, yeah. I am here in myself. City, in New York City, yeah. We're like two of the only girls in the city, aren't I we? I know, I know. Where are you? Are you Upper East Side or am I just making that up? I'm in Bloomingdale country. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're, you're a total New Yorker. You're a total New Yorker, right? Absolutely. It took a long time to get here. I ain't leaving. It's nice to, I mean, like, there's still, it's still the city. Everyone's like, why didn't you leave? I'm like, you know what? I mean, I'm single. When I want my Chinese food at 2 a.m., even during COVID, you could get Chinese food at 2 a.m., right? Absolutely. I gave my friend Richard Penna, 
uh, is selling his apartment and leaving. So he told me not to tell anyone. So I've only told you, okay? Uh, anyhow, I gave him an ashtray yesterday that I found that said, when you leave New York, you're not going anywhere. And I bought him that ashtray just to rub it in since he has an apartment for sale. I think that I need a bunch of those ashtrays and I need to give them out to about 10 people because everyone has left me here, Sally. Yeah, but good news is this. Um, I live on 61 Street and I have a backyard. Now, the people on who back on my backyard all left. And in the last week, they've all come back. So these are people who are probably rich enough to have a home in the Hamptons. And they decided, hey, wait a minute. Uh, this is not so great. And they, especially in the winter. And so they've come back. So our street is flourishing. That's, it's, it's busier near where, where you are in yeah. Bloomingdale County, as you put it. So it's, I'm in Chelsea. It's, it's quieter here. I think like the Upper East Side and Midtown East is where most people are right now. Very busy and people are riding the buses. Well, you also have a farm upstate, I know. So have you been, yes. splitting, your, have you been splitting your time with a farm? No. You, you've been the, in uh, we have to close it for the winter because the price of the gas, of the oil, is so high. Wow. That you could probably uh, rent an airplane just for the price of one month's oil. I think it comes to about, I hate it when people say price is high and don't give you a number. So it costs to heat a farmhouse this size, it costs about 4000 a month. Wow. That's just the heat. That's not the water. That's not anything else. So... You might as well stay in New York at that point. That's why I moved to New York. Now, I mean, are you good with the animals? I mean, is Sally Jesse Raphael a farmer? I was, and um, we gave them, we had a lot of animals, and we gave them away to a place that needed them for children, that each child gets an animal. And wow. I heard about this place. And I realized we weren't able to come home. You have to milk a cow. We weren't able to come home and milk the cow at the time the cow needed to be milked. So, uh, yeah, I, I, we, don't, we are down to chickens. And what else do we have? Dog, chickens, that's about it. Wow. You know, I just want to get this picture of Sally Jesse Raphael. Well, these are crazy chickens. They have underpants. They have a big hat with a fuzzy thing on them, and they give blue eggs. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, a chicken in underpants, I guess that's, you know, that's, <laughs> that's like your average everyday chicken, right? No, you have to ask God why he designed that. Well, you know, they're your chickens. They're like, you know, they have to have some style, right? Yeah, they do have style. People stop on the road and photograph them. Oh, my God. And what about France? Because I know you lived in France as well. Do you miss France? 
I was there for 23 years and I missed it. I miss it tremendously. I don't miss the French. I miss the lifestyle. France is just fabulous. The French, to me, are not. In 23 years, uh, we, we found it almost impossible to make friends. Really? Yeah. They just, they're just really different than we are. And you see people saying New Yorkers are the rudest people. We're like the nicest people. Oh, New York is the best. Look, if you want to meet a New Yorker, open a map and stand on a street corner. Anybody will come and say, can I help you? It's true. The French will knock you into the street and hope that a bus runs over you. Well, that's, yes. We will talk to anybody here. I mean, literally, you can ask, I'll talk to you for an hour, you know? Yeah. My daughter does talk to everyone. She's the kind of person who really talks to everyone. And uh, they talk back. She makes friends that way. Does she, well, does she live near you? thousand. <laughs> You're like, you have too many friends. Let's go. Right. <laughs> What about, I mean, listen, I see you're wearing your red glasses. I am wearing my red glasses in honor of you, Sally. I have many different colors, but I don't know what else I'd be wearing for this interview. So tell me how the red glasses got started. They got started because I was in the company that owned the show, was, wanted the show to start in St. Louis, where they owned a station. The uh station manager, by the way, hated, hated the idea that his time was being taken up by me. Um, anyhow, I couldn't, I looked up and I couldn't see the teleprompter. So I read an ad that said that, you know, we'll give you a pap smear, an eye exam, or this, or this. So I went down and he only had red. And I said, okay, You've traded, you're going to trade me, I'll take the red. So I took the red glasses, and then I was stuck wearing them, uh, you know, and you, it, after all the life in show business and all the years of working and studying and doing all that, you become known for red glasses. My mother would turn over in her grave if she could, if she heard that. When you went to buy the glasses, I mean, were you secretly hoping there would be another color? Any, any color? I was secretly red? hoping I would have a choice. He had one pair of red glasses. <laughs> You're like, that's it. And then you just wore them on air and what? The audience was like, this, this works? Yeah, this works. Well, we had a lot of things. We, during the year, you know, we were on 22, 23. No, 23 years. And we had contests to choose the glasses. Stupid things that the uh, PR person came up with. Did you ever feel annoyed? Like, you know, one day you want black, one day you just want no glasses. Did you ever Oh, yeah, I hated them. Oh, I'll tell you what we did. When the show was over, um, one of the producers and I put the glasses on the railroad track that runs from Weebetuck to Grand Central and sat there and laughed when the train went over them. Wow. 
You just were done with them. I was done. I put them on the railroad track, stepped back, and that was it. You felt no remorse. No remorse at all. And I rarely wear them unless John Passarella or Patrick or Jason tell me to wear them. Then I dig them out and put them on. I mean, listen, I would have enjoyed speaking to you here behind the velvet rope either way, but I did secretly put in a request of like... Well, you see? See what happens? You could kind of blame me. Damn red glasses. Well, I'm wearing mine today too, but (laughs) do you... So when you, back in the day, you know, when you did wear them all the time, like, did you ever try to go incognito? Like, I would imagine if you were walking around New York without them, did that help, you know hide your celebrity and hide people from coming up and chatting with you? Oh, I, I am very good at hiding. You are. Uh, yeah, I have done about 50 some odd movies. There isn't even a list of all of them. And I've done them with wigs with makeup, with prosthesis, with uh, glasses, with uh, padding, with everything. So, and I never used my name. So nobody, even if you look up uh, discography, I think it's called discography, uh, under me, you won't see the the movies. All really? Oh, yeah. And it's a hobby of mine to be able to do that. I have friends, when I meet somebody who produces a movie, I always say, oh, can I be in your movie? And they go, well, we don't have a part. And I go, any part, any part. Uh, I just want to be walking across the street or uh, I want to be, you know, whatever. Now that the we've had the pandemic, most of these are done in L.A., obviously. Yeah. So it's been, it, it ended that career rather were, abruptly. Were you still doing this, like, recently, like, right before the pandemic? You were still in Yeah, movies? right before the pandemic. And then it was, oh, oh, I was supposed to do a movie that a friend of mine is doing with a rock musician who shall be nameless, which was in... I think 20th century costume or 19th century costume. Called up, that was it, fired. Have you been in any movies like, you know, recently or the past like 10 years that we would know? Like any big blockbusters? Oh yeah, oh yeah, you, people can look it up. Wow, I, this I did not know about you. Well, some as me, but most as not me. But even, like, if you're walking down the street without the red glasses, like, you know, you have a distinct voice. Like, you could go, you you could hide. Well, I have a wonderful Italian friend who's a a great dancer. And when he met me, someone said to him, well, you know, she's famous in America. And he said, she looks like a Betty. So my family, when we're out, has always called me Betty. I could see I could see you looking like a Betty. <laughs> That's it. That, that like makes sense. Right. What about how many pairs of red glasses do you think you had like at their the height of your well, collection? Well, people 
people steal them. They take them off the table in a restaurant. I think we probably have about, God, I don't know. I'd have to ask Jason, maybe 50 or 60 pairs left. Wow. All kinds, you know, very thick frames, thin frames, whatever. That's a lot. It is. Especially since a lot of them are run over by a train somewhere. Well, yeah, we, we put as many as we could on the tracks. Switching gears to your iconic talk show. I mean, it's one of the most iconic, longest-running talk shows of all time. When you look back at it, do you have a favorite part and a least favorite part? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Uh, by the way, the, uh, I don't know what you call it, that I guess it's not a podcast. The thing Jezebel just wrote an article on talk show people in the 80s and uh, was extremely kind to me. Really? I'm uh, read oh, it. yeah. It's a great article for me. It was a great article. Um, I wanted to do things that were relatively serious. The, the bad part was, and, you know, Dante said that at the middle of your life, you'll go into a dark forest. And I went into a dark forest, and it was called NBC Universal. That's the name of the forest. And uh, when they bought the show and decided that who's your baby's mama's daddy was the way to go, like they did with Maury and Jerry, uh, I hung out as long as I could with that. But I felt it was demeaning to people. I hated, I hated doing it. So, uh, you know, it's obvious I'm never going to get hired by NBC University again, but uh, that's the way it is. So it was really those type of topics, like who's your daddy? Yeah, and some of the producers did me in. You have to be, there is no such thing in show business that isn't a slippery slope. Some of them went to the bosses and said, oh, we can make her do this. And, of course, I knew what they were doing. But uh, at this point, I was done with it in my mind. So what the hell? This business is just that. It's a business, right? You know, It's like- a business. And uh, if, if, in my wildest dreams, I thought that these studio heads knew what they were doing, if, in my wildest dreams, I respected them, then that would be a different story. But here they do that, and uh, I don't know how much they earn from Maury and Jerry, probably a great deal, but I don't respect that, and I don't respect making people look bad, and I don't respect using black people particularly. Um, And I find that much more demeaning than any of the Me Too movement. And do you think that's what they did, like those other shows, like specifically? Well, I I haven't watched them, but uh, that's what they do. I mean, people like John have tried to do the best he could with this. So I'm not pointing him out. I'm just saying 
that I could not have lasted doing that. And all I wanted to do was give people information, make them a little bit smarter. And the way we used to do the show, we used to do the show dealing with topics that were current, which is what I'm interested in. Now, you're going to ask me about daytime TV. And we're going to have a problem because I I don't really watch it uh, very much at all. I watch CBS this morning on Sunday morning and sometimes 60 Minutes, but uh, even they've sold out. Uh, Sunday morning is sold out. How do you know I'm going to ask you about daytime TV? I mean, I am. But because you know, because you're interested in pop culture. Yes, yes and yes. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. And listen, if you don't watch the show, that's fine. But I think you might know about some of these shows. But before we even get there, what topics did you like? Like what serious topics? Like, did you ever have a topic that you just was your favorite to deal with? I mean, other than, you know, the stuff that you didn't like, you dealt with well, a lot of serious doing, issues. Well, if you're doing... We at the beginning did six days a week. So if you're doing six days a week for 23 years, you have a lot of topics, you know, uh, things that matter to women, uh, breast implants, uh, the Me Too movement, the uh, problem of uh, people singling out uh, people who are Chinese or Japanese or Hawaiian or Korean or Thai and, and, and that go, those things going on now are things that having spent a life as a reporter, I felt I was qualified to handle. And uh, whether, you know, asking a guy if he really slept with her best friend's mother, you know, that, there are other people who can handle that. I didn't need to have spent, I was a foreign correspondent for quite a few years for Reuters. I traveled, I've been almost everywhere in the world. I speak four languages. Uh, I guess this is touting your own horn. But that's but okay. But the answer is I can handle a news story. And that's what I wanted to handle. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. 
more people are shopping online than ever. And that means a lot more orders coming in that online sellers like yourselves need to ship out fast. ShipStation makes it super easy to manage and ship all your orders from all your sales channels faster, cheaper, and more efficiently. I can't tell you how freaking disorganized I was before I had ShipStation. No matter where you're selling from, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, what do you think I used to ship out the Behind the Velvet Rope merch? ShipStation funnels all your orders into one simple interface that you can manage from anywhere. Even your cell phone. Ship more in less time. Just use my offer code VELVET to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in VELVET. That's ShipStation.com, offer code VELVET. Make ship happen. On Wondery's podcast, Even the Rich, co-hosts Brooke and Arisha share the stories behind some of the most famous and infamous celebrities in history. From Queen Madonna to Britney Spears to the Kardashians. And in an all-new season, they investigate the shocking kidnapping of heiress Patty Hearst. This show is part history. I've learned a lot about Patty Hearst that I didn't know. Part comedy, part gossip, and completely fascinating. And if you want more Brooke and Arisha in your life, they're the perfect guides to give you your daily dose of celebrity gossip on Rich and Daily. Man, and we have a lot going on in the celebrity world. I mean, Britney versus Jamie Lynn uh, is literally, I didn't see this one coming and I cannot get enough. Brooke and Arisha cover it. And really, I love their new season of Rich and Daily where they talk about the Patty Hearst case. Listen to Even the Rich, Patty Hearst, and Rich and Daily on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or you can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. I, yes, you could. And you could toggle your own horn here any day you want behind the velvet robe. Well, I think a lot of things too, you know, and I don't know if everyone realizes, you know, you did interview a lot of like big celebrities as well, like yeah. George Barrymore, Reba McIntyre. Yeah. Did you enjoy interviewing the celebrities? Generally, uh, it depends. Some are pretty stupid. Uh, well, yeah. that's not nice to say, but it isn't that they're stupid. It's their, their publicist said, you're going on there to plug your book or plug your movie. And then trying to be polite and let them plug the movie or plug the book. You know, that becomes a balancing act. But yes. then there were people who were just fabulous. I get it. I deal with that here every day. I'm like, I understand you're coming on to plug this, but everyone wants to hear about all this. So before we That's get right. here, it's it's a balancing act. You know, I'm like it is. It's a balancing act. And um I like talking to if you're let me see how I can phrase this. If you're going to be successful, better late than early. So I love talking to actors, writers, uh, uh, architects are terrible. Never interview an architect, but. Uh, I'm trying to think if I have. They, I've, I've interviewed designers, like interior designers and people that are high up in their career like that, but I don't think an architect ever. Well, they're very, very hard to talk to, but it's better if they've lived the life than if they are. Uh, let's say, 
a, a rock star who's 19 and uh, the boys in the hood just broke up, you know. I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that. Because they don't have a balance. They don't have the balance of, of time. Time is pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. You have a better sense of the world and what's important. and Right. And I think you have a different attitude towards fame or success if you achieve it later in life. Right. Then it's, it's a very, very, um, it's very difficult for young people to be famous and then not famous. It's yeah. much easier if you're older and you've lost your fame. That's, that's something that an older person can handle better than a younger person. I would agree. Although I don't think they want to lose their fame, but at least they can remember. Well, you don't have a choice. Everybody no. loses their fame. They That's do. That's the forest. Do you think fame is one of those, just because I talk about this a lot, I think fame is like one of the most addictive drugs to people out there. Uh, it is to people whose lives aren't balanced. But if you have a husband, a wife, children, a lover, uh, whatever, and you love to cook or you have three hobbies and you, if, if you have a balanced life, then it hurts, but it doesn't hurt the same way it does if fame is your only reason for being. That's, that's a good point. That's true. I agree. Who is your favorite celebrity you ever interviewed? Audrey Hepburn. Really? Yeah. Was she just wonderful and gracious and nice and interesting and everything? Unfortunately, she was so perfect that nobody else measures up. I mean, being absolutely beautiful and being beautiful inside and uh, having her sense of value, it, it's, it's terrible. I don't know how women, you know, I, I left that interview and I said to myself, how the hell can you compete with this? So, fabulous person. What about the opposite? Who have you interviewed that you're just like, you are so full of yourself and it's not warranted? I think George Siegel and Woody uh, Allen. Really? Wow. You want me to name names? I am good at naming names. Well, I was just going to say, you don't seem like you're holding back. So, I mean, no, yes. What do you have like names problem? And I was in a radio studio. He just came in like unshowered and smelled. I, it was a small radio studio. And I thought, oh my God. How many times have you interviewed him? Twice. And was it just like an odor problem or other arrogance and problems? surrounding it, Woody? I don't know. He's a very strange person, isn't he? Did you see that uh, doc on him? I have not seen it, but I read, I read. What stories. do you think? I don't know. I mean, what do you think? You think it's true? I kind of do, but you know, I try not to judge if I don't have any real concrete uh, information. So that's, that's very, very hard. It presents a good picture for her. I always liked her anyhow. 
Mia Farrow. Yeah. What are your thoughts on like uh, Ronan Farrow, who is tackling? I mean, he's the one by the whole like Rose McGowan, like Harvey Weinstein. Like I thought he was. I think he's fabulous. Just fabulous. What do you think? Well, if he were single, I would go. I would go throw myself at him. So exactly. let's just start right there. I mean, he's yeah. real. He's really smart. What did he go to like Yale Law School at like fourteen or something ridiculous? I, like that? I don't know, but he did. Uh, he, he went to like he's, I. He's. I mean, he's so let's. Special. Yeah, he's really smart and he's good at what he does. Yeah. But he already has a gentleman friend, so my time oh, is damn. I know. You see, Sally, <laughs> you like could have made an introduction for me. Sorry about that. It's okay. Um, I mean, you are a gay icon after all, Sally. <laughs> Listen, anyone that wears red glasses, I mean, you know you have your gay fans. I mean, come on now. Oh no, I do because uh uh, where I live upstate, we have a lot of uh, gay people who are moving in. I was just talking about this with Jason. And uh, they're wonderful neighbors. Uh, they bring dinner. They help you. <laughs> you can't ask for anything more. Listen, we're good like that, the gays, you know? I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, like, I show up on time. I bring, yeah. I bring whatever needs to be brought. Just give me my martini, and whatever else you want to do is fine with me. I don't care. That's what I drink, too. What Do you have a specific... Do you drink gin or vodka? I drink a wet vodka martini dirty. Okay. I do, like, Grey Goose just up in a martini glass. Not dirty, no olives with a lime twist. Oh, no. I have to have wet. I you can't love- take the whole vodka. Really? Yeah. I like just the vodka. I drink kettle one. That's, well, that's my second choice. <laughs> that's my second choice. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think, you know, I think Ronan Farrow is the type that, like, doesn't really go after something unless there's truth to it. That's just my experience. Let's hope that that's so. But nothing else with Woody? It's not like, was he arrogant or, I mean... Who, Woody? Yeah. I never met Roman. Um, yeah, Woody. He wasn't arrogant. He was confusing. Um, uh, it was radio. And as good as he is in film, he there's a talent. You know what a podcast is? I used to do a podcast. That's this, yeah. It's called radio. Podcast is nothing more than radio. And you have to know how to do it. And he seemed confused and perturbed both times that I interviewed him. It was on WMCA in New York. Huh. Interesting. And I do agree with you. A podcast is radio. There are a lot of radio people that have been in radio forever that are not thrilled with podcasters. They're like, where well, there are, are these- there is no radio anymore. Yeah. What's radio? The only radio, I mean, NBC sold NBC radio. There's your forest. And uh, they sold it to the sports so it could talk about uh, basketball and uh, whatever. Uh, so there, there really is no radio. You can buy a radio station today. 
um, my husband used to say, oh, well, now's the time to buy. And I said, yeah, you can't get a sponsor. So what the hell? Uh, You can buy radio today, but no one's listening. I don't even know do cars have radios anymore. What's a car for those of us that live in New York? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, right, except for like Sirius and like Howard Stern and that type of thing. Yeah, but Sirius isn't radio. Sirius was put together to sell automobiles. So they went to the car manufacturers and said, we'll give you a free year of Sirius. Uh, The people came from radio. Uh, I'm kind of down on them because they wouldn't hire me but when I needed a job, but, um, they, uh, it wasn't really radio. What about people like Howard Stern? Like, do you see the value in that? Uh, I don't listen. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a value. It's a sophomoric male's titillation moment. Yeah, that makes, I mean, I could see that. That's kind of sums it up. What about backstage? Like, have you, have you ever had, like, I mean, it was your show. Have you ever had any, you know, like celebrities behaving badly in the green room? You know, people show up with their entourage. Where's this? Where's that? Oh, yeah, they do. But you see, it wasn't my job to solve that. No. It was a very, we had some brilliant producers. And it's their job to solve that. You know, if somebody's acting out, you take care of it. Don't tell me to take care of it unless they're a friend. And a personal friend wouldn't do that, so. No, they wouldn't. Was there any topic that you really wanted to deal with that you just didn't get a chance to or you kind of were able to deal with all the topics you wanted? No, no. I wanted to deal with all the topics that were in the news. I wasn't able to deal with any of them. They just locked the door. They said no. Ay, ay, ay. What about, you know, the whole meet, like, speaking of Me Too, that, you know, where we are now in the world, you know, do you think we've made strides? Like, how hard was it back then, you know, to be Sally Jesse Raphael as a woman and have her own talk? Here's the problem. Every movement probably goes to its extremes. And uh, a lot of it now is in an extreme mode. Uh, I was watching a news show yesterday and a woman had filed with, uh, oh God, what's her name? That woman uh, lawyer, uh, Gloria Ulrich, had filed with her because the governor of New York had kissed her on both cheeks. Now, I lived in France for 23 years. Everybody I met, you kiss on both cheeks. And there's nothing salacious unless they didn't tell you that it was salacious. Do you guys do what I do every January? First, you think about the year prior of all the things you didn't accomplish that you wanted to. Then you make a bunch of New Year's resolutions. And as soon as you break them, you feel bad about yourself. Are you in your own mind the way I was? 
Well, get out of your mind. Let me tell you, therapy can help you learn to be kinder and gentler to yourself and help you move forward. I have to tell you guys about Talkspace. Talkspace has been a miracle for me. First of all, they match you with a licensed therapist that you can connect with not only from your computer, but from your phone anywhere on the go. I also love that Talkspace focuses on your schedule. They fit your schedule, not the other way around. With live chat, video, and audio sessions, you could easily fit mental health into your daily routine. I also love that your information is extremely private and it's just between you and your therapist. Listen, Talkspace can help you with anything, anxiety, depression, self-doubt. Make your mental health more than just another New Year's resolution with Talkspace. Visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code VELVET at sign up. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code VELVET. She just said it was a kiss. If it was a salacious kiss, I don't know how you do it on both cheeks, but maybe they think he found a way. I don't know. But it's getting to the insane. It's getting to the point where, uh, you know, they, look, in my day, these guys acted like Harvey Weinstein, like these people, like the men act, okay? Was it right? No. It was very wrong. Did you do anything about it? Yes, you handled it. You learned the word no. And if you know as a woman, and you should, how to say no to somebody, then you just shrug your shoulders, and it's the old boy network, and they have been around, and they were brought up in the 40s, and that's the way they are. Now, am I glad that the Me Too movement came? Uh, Yeah, I'm very glad that it came because they shouldn't have acted like that. And young guys probably won't, which makes a woman's life a lot easier. But you do know how to say no. You don't have to crawl into bed. And this idea, well, I had to crawl into bed if I wanted the part in the movie. Okay. I only know one or two women who ever slept their way to the top. It's a very rare thing that you can sleep your way to the top. The rest were just women and they didn't have much talent or they didn't persist or whatever their problem was. It was their problem. And, uh, you know, they handled it. And these other two women, how How many many women do you know that became presidents of companies or execs who slept their way to the top? There aren't a lot. There just aren't. So saying I went to bed with him to get the part. Come on. You call BS. Yeah. I call it BS. Well, you worked so hard on your show and you covered so many topics. Was any part of you relieved when it ended? Or like, I can have more free time now, moving into oh, yeah. a different... Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that I'd have more free time and someone would hire me and they didn't. My uh, agent, who is also in the forest, CAA, in the Black Forest, They said the best is yet to come. Well, they have not gotten me a job since the show ended. And they're my agent. So, you know, I thought I could 
relax for a while and then go back to work. But you, nobody in America hires old women. They just don't. Number one, they're scared of them. Old women tend to tell the truth. And that frightens the hell out of broadcast executives. So, And you think that's still the same case, like even in that sense? like Well, you any- know, the, the stations need advertising. The guys who work at the ad agency, and I was married to a man who owned an ad agency, the guys who work at the ad agencies are 12. Yes. So they don't want old people. They say old people have no money. What's going to happen or has happened is the old people are the people with money, but there's no old people at the ad agency. So there you have it. In a past life, I've done a lot of things. I used to practice corporate law. I also then fell into HR. I used to run HR at a bunch of companies. And yes, I can tell you, man or women, age discrimination is a hundred percent a real thing. I mean, it really is a real thing. So maybe I shouldn't blame CAA, but I don't think they tried. I I'm pretty sure they didn't try. If they had tried, they would have been the only people who tried were Patrick and Jason. And they're still your agents. Do you, do you still write this check every month? I don't write a check to anything. Uh, these men uh, do what they do out of love, and I feel the love for them, and they've been very, very good to me. What would you have envisioned, you know, where they said the best is yet to come? Like, after a mini rest, what were you envisioning? Like, another talk show or just something totally different? No, no, I was envisioning being the mother or the grandmother on a sitcom uh, I start, I mean, I worked as an actor. I went to Carnegie uh, Mellon. Uh, I studied acting. I'm acting 52 movies, for God's sakes. So I would have expected that job, or I would have expected a job back to, I was an anchor woman on picks. Very few people know that. Um, I would have expected going back into news somebody would have hired me in news. But uh, again, the number of women in news who are over 40 are pretty slim. It still is pretty slim. Yep. Well, yes, I do want to talk about daytime TV. Okay. Or talk shows. I mean, again, you are the first. So let's start with Oprah. I guess Do you think, I mean, what do you think of Oprah? Do you think Oprah is overrated? No, I think Oprah deserves what she has gotten. I think she's quite smart. Uh, I think very highly of her interviewing or her, the people she surrounds herself with, because that's what it's about. The people you surround yourself with. So uh, I admire her tremendously, is your answer. Did you see her sit down with Megan and Harry? No. no. I, I did not, and I'll tell you why. Tell me. <clears throat> Since we're on that. Yes. We fought a revolution not to have royalty. The fact that Americans are absolutely gaga over royals completely confuses me. Now, here's the question. 
What's Harry's last name? I have no idea. I, well, I'm not he upset. just got a job, right? When they write the check, do they write it to Harry blank? Or who, who do they write that check to? I didn't even know he got a job. So apparently... Oh, he got a job with the company. He's... The problem is he's very bifurcate. He's... Or he will bifurcate. He's... Uh, if you've been brought up a royal and you've said, no, I don't want to do that anymore, and you get a job because you're a royal, you got a you got a little bit of a problem there. Yeah. In other words, who who's going to hire him except that he's Prince Harry? Yeah. So if you're Prince Harry, stay Prince Harry. If you're not Prince Harry, have a last name. Yeah. Maybe it's Windsor. I don't know. I don't know either. And uh, having... Uh, Apparently, she was talking about someone in the royal family who was worried about the skin color. Um, I, I lived uh, 28 years in Puerto Rico. And uh, I think it's uh, a, an island where in every family, some people look like me and some people are very, very dark. We always talked about skin color. If there's going to be a baby born, we talked about skin color. Now, if it was done in a racist way, then name the person who was racist. But, and also, they have a production company. I was told Oprah didn't ask them what's their background and their, what kind of shows are they going to produce. That would be something that, that I would be interested in. And then there was all that controversy whether they got paid or didn't get paid. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, this has said that. that what, was... what kind of shows are they going to do? Are they just going to do interviews about being royal? Or what are they going to do? I didn't watch it either. I listened with one ear because I almost don't care. But I care because I guess I should. Right. Well, what about, you know, so because of that, I'm sure you heard like Piers Morgan then made these comments about Megan and then was fired. And now this whole thing was Sharon Osbourne. All right. Did they fire Sharon Osbourne or did she walk off? Well, they stopped production for a week or two and now she's left the show, quote unquote. All right. Did they fire her? You know, it's not a complicated world. I was fired. I want to know, was she fired or did she leave? I don't think, she, my opinion is I don't think she left on her own. Okay, then that's their excuse to get rid of another old woman. What is she, in her 60s? See, they don't want anybody that old on. As to her defending a friend, uh, I don't know what he said. Do you know what he said that was racist? I don't know exactly what he said. I know that he came for Megan. I mean, I think that was Sharon's whole point. I saw the interaction between her. I mean, I think that was her whole point of like, I don't understand what he said that was racist. That was her Well, point. what did he say? I don't know exactly what he said against Megan. So nobody knows what he... No, I want to know what he said that was racist. You can not like Megan and not be racist. Well, that was Sharon's point. 
that well, she was. My point too. Maybe they were looking. Look, that kind of show and the View, those shows do really well when everyone disagrees. If you've got Sharon on it and she disagrees with the other women, people will listen. They love it. That's the way that kind of show goes. So if you get rid of the disagreement and everyone just sits around and says, uh, we all agree, we all agree, we all agree, then who the hell is going to watch that show? Not many people. That's it. So do you think they use this, you think they use this as an excuse to get rid of Sharon because she's old? I think if they fired her, that was it. Or, like I told you, broadcast executives don't know BS about uh, what works and what doesn't work. It works if Sharon was in an argument with the other women. It really works. People watch it. They talk about it. That's called the uh, water cooler moment. You hope for that. Right. And it was working. I mean, the ratings on the talk are just fine. There you go. How are the ratings on, uh, what's that girl who won that singing contest? Uh, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, how are her ratings? Good. She's come back. Yeah, I was going to ask you about her too. I mean, have you ever seen her show? No, never. They're the ratings are good. I mean, what do you think of people like, right, so she won American Idol. Now, Drew Barrymore, the actress, has a talk show. I don't know if you've ever seen her show. Yes, I have. What do you think of Drew's show? I didn't like it particularly. You know, Why? we have a thing in America. If you've done well at one thing, you can do well at anything. So a quarterback becomes a sports commentator. Now, is he Red Barber? No. Will he ever be Red Barber? No. Does anyone know who Red Barber is besides me? No. No. So the problem is you've got an actress and you've got a person who sings and you they take these people and they go, even Ellen DeGeneres, who is a comedian, because you're a comedian does not make you a talk, does not make you an interviewer. Uh, Kelly Clarkson is not an interviewer. People are writing questions on a little, uh, you know, thing. But if you had to do it by yourself and make it fascinating, you got a problem because they broadcasters insist on using people who haven't come up through the ranks. The people who've been news people, who've been correspondents, who know what they're doing, who know who's who in show business, who, you know, that's one thing. But these are not people like that. So it, it boggles my mind. Right, like that an actress or like a singer would just be handed a show, so to speak. Yeah, now it only is going to be as good. You say the ratings are good. It's only as good as the guy who writes the questions. 
Yeah, at least Kelly's ratings are good. Drew's, I don't know about. They're what not. They're not. Mm-mm. What didn't you like about her show when you watched it? That she wasn't a talk show host. Yeah, the other day someone asked me who writes my questions. I'm like, sweetie, who do you think comes up with all my questions? Like, I'm the producer. Like, I do everything. It is a skill that... It is a skill, and it should be. And the people who get these jobs ought to be people who know what they're doing. I'm very uh, upset with CBS recently. Why? Since we're bad-mouthing. I just think they've made a lot of mistakes. They really have. I don't know who's hiring those people or running that ballpark, but uh, they seem to be doing more things wrong than right. Uh, Take, for example, the show that I adore, used to adore, 60 years of Charles Corral doing uh, Sunday Morning. It now has become, we only interview somebody who's written a book that CBS owns, mm. you know, that, it, so everything, or a movie that we've invested, everything, not, and, and if you watch it, you go, what happened to the CBS that used to have integrity? Where is that CBS? You're using that show, which is the only pop culture show on television today, if, unless I'm wrong, the only one, you're using it to promote your products. So I'm, I'm down on them. And they've made a lot of other mistakes. What do you think of Gail King on the morning? Stuff? I've never watched it. I don't get up. I don't stay up that late. What about, because you mentioned Ellen. What about Ellen? It doesn't sound like you're such well, a... I, it, it's, it's unusual. That's one of the only shows that I've never been on. Now, she's a comedian. Uh, people, I would told, have been complaining that she was mean. Do you know something? Every comedian I ever met was mean. Comedians are angry. That's what makes them comedians. And uh, I don't know... Nobody has proven anything, so I tend to support her. I tend to think people will say things like that without having any uh, solid information. So if you ask me, I would support her. I don't think she should have been the talk show host who got the job, but I support her in what she's doing. Um, I liked Cameron Hall a lot. And I like uh, trying to think now. I'm trying to think who else there is. Yeah. So Tam- Tamron Hall, you like? Yeah, I think she's fabulous. Um, I like the black woman who does gossip. I think she's great. Uh, oh, Wendy Williams. Wendy, I love Wendy. What do you like about Wendy? The gossip. I mean, it's a different type of show, but she does it really well, right? I think she is excellent. But you know something about Wendy? Why? Through radio, years of years and years of putting in her, uh, paying her dues. Have you ever met her in real life? Oh yes, oh yes. I mean, I, I assume she's very good. And she does her job 
As far as, I mean, there were people that quit on Ellen. There were executive producers that were accused. Well, they can quit. If you think it's a toxic uh, environment, then quit, right? Or go to the boss and say, this is a toxic environment. Here's why I think it's a toxic environment. She'll listen to you, and then if she doesn't, if she's making it toxic, then quit. If you're young enough, you can get a job. If you're old enough, they're not going to hire you anyhow. True. But you don't believe all that hype. Like, let's prove it first. What have they got as proof? Nothing that I know of. See? Have you, and you've never met Ellen? No. It's one of the few shows. Usually, I get invited on when they do uh, the 80s or who's who's still alive, and so forth. Uh, but uh, I've never been on her show. Do you feel like, you know, as a pioneer in the business, do you feel like disrespected when someone like an Ellen doesn't invite you on? No. No. That's her business. She has a right to invite anyone who's going to sell a product on. What about, you know, because so now, whether it's true or not, Ellen has lost a million viewers once since this mean thing has come out, you know, and here we have Sharon Osbourne. Like, what do you think of this whole cancel culture? I think, as I said, it's gone too far. Just like any other movement, it's just gone too far. You know, um, if you think it's a toxic environment and you've been to Ellen, and there's a problem. Go to Ellen's boss. Ellen has a boss. I think she does. She may own part of the show, but uh, somebody puts it on. So go and complain. Find out what you can do to make it better rather than just grumble. Do you think like the pendulum is eventually going to start swinging back? I mean, oh, I yeah, think it, it will. You do. It will. Yeah, it will. We'll get tired of the negativity where uh, if you say anything negative, it'll, it, it, it resounds. We'll get tired of that. I mean, like at what point people are starting to already say like, should we have any free speech left at all? Exactly. Exactly. And by the way, I'm a, the consummate liberal. I sound when I say that like a conservative, but uh, I'm, pretty left of center. Now, I think, I think there's going to be a pendulum swing too. Like you have like Chris Harrison. I don't know if you watch The Bachelor, but like he's like, people are starting to get lawyers now and, and people are fighting back when they're canceled, whether that's right. You know, whether they should have been canceled or not, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying. Was it canceled, The Bachelor? No, but the host, once again, stepped aside. That show had a long run. I wouldn't, uh, you know, all of these shows started with talk shows. Yeah. Either on Geraldo or on uh, Ricky or on Oprah or on Phil. They all started all these topics. All of us did a bachelor looking for a girlfriend. That, that, that's not a new thing. We all did it. And then somebody made it a show. Now, all shows come to an end. They just do. 
So if it's, if it's over, well, you've strung it out as long as you can, friend. Yeah. The problem is there are so many channels that need product that they don't cancel like they used to. Yeah. I mean, I got canceled out of four, six. That's 4,600,000 people. And their reason to me was the ratings have gone down. And I said they've gone down because I don't like doing these shows. That's why they've gone down. But today, there are so many channels, and they all need product. I mean, product is king. And if you get something like The Bachelor, you can make The Bachelorette. You can make The Kitty Bachelor. You can make The Dog Bachelor. You can make... uh, You can keep going. Well... Yeah. I'm going to say no, product in. They are apparently casting for an older version of The Bachelor. I don't know. I think it's 60 and older. They're casting that, or they were right before COVID. Well, wait till the ad agency hears that. They'll cancel that. You don't think that's going to go too... You don't think that's going to go too far? What What are they going to use to sponsor it? Uh <laughs> I haven't thought of it like that, but you're right. You know, what are they going to do? All the sponsors are now drugs anyhow. They are. (laughs) I mean, I never thought of that, but you're right. That's Mm -hmm. something that annoys the hell out of me. What? Well, uh, I really, France doesn't allow drug advertising on television. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, So maybe a lot of how I feel is from my 23 years of watching French television. Um, I don't like the idea that you can, uh, you know, everybody's a doctor and everybody is touting a new pill and everybody thinks they've got it, you know, so. It's all to make money. Yeah. What about, speaking of, like, Sharon Osbourne and the talk, what about, like, The View? Like, do you like that format? Like, the round table? I do. I do. I like it a lot. I really like like it. I think, in her day, Barbara Walters did an amazing job of The View. And I, I think that it's held quite steady. And I think it's a very good format. I don't know why they never tried it with men. I once tried it with men in Puerto Rico, and uh, it didn't uh, it didn't sell. Meaning, we did not get for the show. I was producing it; I wasn't on it. Yeah, and uh, we didn't get the. It didn't work very well. Maybe I chose the wrong men. I don't know. You have to throw a gay man in there, at least one. What about, how many are on The View? Five? Yeah. Well, what about five gay guys? I've thought of that before. I think that would be a great show. Absolutely. Especially if it dealt with pop culture. But yeah, that would be, well, on like the right type of network. Uh-huh. There goes the phone. <sighs> Not bad. Not what, bad. What about like, bar, speaking of Barbara Walters, what about all that, chitter chatter that book 
ladies who punch, you know, that barber was a tyrant and it was her way or the highway. Like, do you, what's your experience with Barbara? Like, do you think all that's true? All that chatter about how toxic it was at The View? I didn't know about it. I don't know anything about it. it she was... always treated me fairly. And Tamron tra- treated me fairly. And uh, Williams treated me fairly. So all I can do is say the people I know. I can't tell. Um, also, remember... Barbara Walters' father. I mean, that lady had a background that was enormous in terms of celebrities, who they were, all their secrets, everything they used to be. So uh, who's going to argue with that? And she worked her way up. I mean, she put in... She worked her way up. You're absolutely right. She worked. She worked, you know? That's what's wrong with CBS today. They're, uh, I find their people are not working their way up. I like David Muir at night for the news. Do you watch him? Yeah, he's good. I think he's very good. And I take it then as far as like the view, you probably don't care for like a Rosie O'Donnell who was on it or like Whoopi just because. Oh, I love Rosie. And I think Whoopi is a, oh yeah. I think Whoopi is unbelievably talented, amazingly talented. I'm reading a book now called uh, White Nichols. And what he said about Whoopi, her instincts, her abilities, and, and I trust he knew what he was talking about. Do you ever get starstruck? I mean, you've interviewed Audrey Hepburn. I imagine, like, does anyone, is there anyone, like, you haven't met that you wish you met or interviewed? Uh, Probably another uh, Catherine Hepburn I would like to have met. Uh, I'd like to have talked to her. There are, uh, I think you mean today. I'm trying to think of who today. Uh, Probably a lot of political figures. There's some pretty good ones on MSNBC, if people are interested. Um, but, you know, is it going to make my life? No. After Audrey Hepburn, I, like you said, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you do, yeah. I'm not sure what you do after that. What about some of the boys, like, you know, Phil Donahue, Geraldo? Oh, I know them. I know Phil quite well. He helped me get my job. Um, and Geraldo, I have respect for because he's paid his dues and he worked his way up, uh, as did Oprah. She paid her dues and worked her way up. So, uh, those are people that I know. We all got together for one of Oprah's shows, by the way. Really? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. How so? Uh, she didn't have us to dinner, which I would have thought since it was one of her last shows and she had all the talk show people there and she was in Chicago and none of us are from Chicago, I don't think, except for Oprah was in Chicago. Uh, I think she should have had a dinner and had us all the dinner. The minute the show was over, we were given a... Uh, a car to the airport. And it would have been too bad because 
we could have talked to each other about a lot of things that we never talked about. So Oprah just invited you and then there was the car. We never saw each other before we went on. We went on, we went off, and we were sent to the airport. You would have had dinner with Oprah, right? I would have had dinner with any of them. I'd love to have talked to uh, Geraldo or any of them, yeah. What, what about, like, you mentioned, like, Ricky Lake, Martha Stewart, when she had her show? Right. You know, Martha? We used to have, oh, yeah, she was on our I show figured. about nine or ten times making cakes. How is yeah. she? Do you think she did a good job with her show? I've never seen her show. I just saw her when she was on our show. Yeah. Montel is a very good person, too. Yes. I should have mentioned him. What about, like, do you watch, like, Kelly and Ryan in the morning? No. That's too pert for me. I can't take cute or pert. To, it, it gives me indigestion. Heart. It's- for a jock, what do they call that thing? Ajita. Yeah. So they're like too happy for you. They're too pert. Cute. Cute. Pert. Well, no, that's, you, you like Wendy Williams? Like that's, yeah. Wendy isn't like that. That's what I mean. That's why you like <laughs> Wendy. And, and uh, neither's Tavern. She's not like that. You like a little bit of shade or at least getting to the bottom of the issues. Yeah, but they just, uh, no, they're just, uh, I don't know. They've never, I've never felt the need to watch their show. They are very cutesy, so I would say. What about like nighttime? Are you into like, you know, watch what happens live with Andy Cohn, Jimmy Fallon? Do you watch, what do you think of any of these nighttime shows? I don't. Arsenio was the last nighttime show I was on, I think. Um, yeah, let me think. Uh, no, I don't do... I, I do television not because it's on the networks, but because I want to watch. I watch a lot of Netflix. You do? Yeah. Like, what are your... What Blacklist are your... right now. That's a good love, one. Love Blacklist. And The Place to Call Home. And uh, I like the long series. You do? And I, oh, I'm an absolute fan of murder. Uh, if you decide, David, to ever kill anyone, Tell you me. must call me first. And I will help you. I've spent my life reading, I read a great deal, uh, maybe two or three books a week, but most of them are murder mysteries. Really? Um, Louise uh, Penny, who's the uh, Canadian writer. Um, It's rare for me to read the bio like I'm reading now, but it's so good and it's so tell all about show business. But if you're going to kill anybody... I really, after all these years of murder mysteries, I have some ideas. You're going to help me get away with it? Oh, of course. What are your ideas? Like, where, how, how would well, we start? Well, it depends on who you want to kill. I have to study it. 
I can't just do it off the top of my head. Well, we'll, we'll start with one name, and then if that works out, there might yeah, be others. Yeah, but I've got to follow them. i got to know where they're going, what they're doing. I'm in no rush. We, we can spend a year, six months on it. And, you well, know. That's, what it, that's what it really takes. You got so it. I watch a lot of murder mysteries, and I read a lot of murder mysteries. Do you like a lot of those type of like shows too, like on Netflix, like the Who Done It, like Who to Get a, How to Get Away with Murder? Like I don't know if you watch that with Shonda Rhimes or any of those type of shows. No, I saw How to Get Away with Murder. I did see it. I thought it was well done. It it became boring after a while. I, I it wore me out. It did by by the end. But yeah. Scandal. Did you watch Scandal? That was phenomenal. I loved it. Phenomenal. And I, I still watch Grey's Anatomy, like however many years later this is. I yeah. turn it off. Even so, when they make it Grey's Anatomy with, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Square Bob uh, uh, Sponge Pants or whatever it is. It's still gonna, it's still gonna be on the air. <laughs> Scandal was good. So you don't get into the nighttime shows or any of that, yeah. those talk shows. What about like when back in the day, like Joan Rivers had her talk show? I mean, she got so well, much flack for that. She is, she, they did her wrong. They really did her wrong. They did. That woman was phenomenal. Absolutely. She paid her dues. She knew what she was doing. I can't say enough about her. She was. We love her. Yeah, we love her. I've chatted with Melissa on this show many times, and I love Joan. Oh, God, yes. And she, and she worked. She was another one. She worked. She worked. She really did work. I was with, at uh, Audrey Hepburn's funeral. I spoke at her funeral, and I went to Joan's funeral, too. Those are probably the only two celebrities' funerals I ever went to. You don't like to attend the celebrity funerals? Well, I'm not invited usually. Well, that would be a good reason not to attend. <laughs> do you have, like, who are your celebrity friends? Like, do you still have, like, a bunch of celebrity friends that we no, would know of? I never had celebrity friends. Um, I have some friends who are news people. Uh, Diane Diamond, my brother, was a uh, newscaster, a city hall reporter. I have friends that are news people because I like to talk about the news. But uh, somebody who's a celebrity, no, uh, never occurred to me to cultivate them. Your glasses are on. I put them back on. Well, you know what it is? I usually wear them for far away. So sometimes oh. when I do these, but it's a little bit of both. Is there anything in your career you haven't done that you wish you had? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, Besides starring in more movies or making an appearance. I really wish I had acted more. I really wish I had done uh, Shakespeare. I really wish I had done uh, some of the Noel Coward um, shows or the uh, Simon comedies. Um, yeah, there's... 
there's a lot of acting jobs that I'm sorry I, I did not get to do or wasn't able to. But I moved a lot. I mean, when you live 28 years in Puerto Rico and 23 years in France, that takes up your life. Yeah. And those, that, that's what happened. In other words, I wasn't here uh, beating the pavement. When you were living in those places, did you still consider New York City home? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Puerto Rico, no. Puerto Rico was home. It was. There goes the phone. Uh, Puerto Rico was home and may still be. I'm not sure. Uh, France, I came home at least once or twice a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it's easy. There's a direct flight on uh, Delta, JFK. I was going to ask you, where do you think like talk shows should go? Like, do you think everything is working out now? Or do you think there needs to be a, you know, you said you don't like the Drew Barrymore show and you like Tampa. Like, do you think talk shows are just where they should be now? Or is there somewhere that talk shows should head? Well, I don't believe the networks uh will control the audience. It certainly doesn't control, uh, I have two grandsons. They don't watch ABC, NBC, or CBS. So, you know, where's it gonna go? It certainly isn't gonna go, um, it certainly isn't gonna go uh, With like the major back networks. to the way it was, no. So I don't know. Do you think like a Netflix and all of that, like streaming is going to start? That's all. It's everything will be streaming, you know, till it's not. Maybe there's a job waiting for you at Netflix, Sally. I couldn't think of anything I'd rather do. I, I would really like it. You, you would go back if someone called today and gave oh, you the right. Oh, yes. Easy. Go back easy. No problem. And money is not an object. I'd go back because I like to work. You seem like you like to work. I do. Well, maybe we can make that happen. Well, I doubt it. If CAA can't make it happen, nobody can, right? I'm putting it out there into the universe. Okay, I put it in the universe. Let's see if it comes back to us. I'll watch that You're a very good interviewer, and I'd like to thank you for having me on. Well, you saying that is like, really, that means a lot to me, really. Well, I mean it. You asked very good questions, and you didn't push. I don't push. That's what people say about me. They say that I go there in a very respectful way. That and somehow you don't exactly people. I'm just always. I mean, have you ever had anyone walk out? I'm always. I'm always waiting for someone just to hang up on me, which it wouldn't be the worst thing, but it's never happened. But I'm always expecting someone just to say "f off" and hang up. But it hasn't happened. Why would they do that? Well, like if they don't like your question or, but I mean, I I could usually read the room and if I'm going down one road and I'm like, this isn't going over well, I usually just change the subject. Yeah. Nobody'd walk out on you. Well, that's nice of you to say. (laughs) It's true. Thank you. John Passarella for putting this together. I will. Thank you. Everyone, are are you on Instagram? Because people need to follow you. Uh, no. Am I? I, I think you are. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a link when this comes out. Okay. Thanks Thank so you. much. Thank you so much. We'll talk later. Right. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.